this SCR 300 dialed in for six zero minutes and down. Are you waiting for an invitation, Princess? Transmit the outgoing signal. Come on, we need to get this mic buttoned up yesterday. Get that door buttoned up. There, got it? Is it good now? We'll adjust it on the fly then. Here we go. Going live in three, two, one. Greetings to all you dirty heathens out there in the wastelands of modernity. This is Hyperborean Radio, just in case you forgot where you was at. I'm Celtic God. With me today is the Lord Keeper. Go ahead and say hello, and then we'll we'll just dive right in. I mean, fuck it, why not? Hello. All right. So and salutations. <laughs> so apparently that's diving right in. He is all excited just a moment ago. Can't get him to talk now. Uh, <laughs> but the the basic thing that to get this out of the way really quick is um, the manosphere, which hey bravo, somebody's trying, and sometimes there's some really good advice out there, but. One thing I, I've seen, at least has been shown to me, is the importance of anger. And I've seen it actually in our circles too. The importance of anger, the importance of anger, the importance of anger. And I know people don't like it, but I've been talking about the strength of apathy. There's a reason for it. It's not that anger is bad, but it's limited. It's it's like a candle flame. Um, or rather, I guess your energy is like a candle flame. Anger is like gasoline. Unfortunately, it burns out really quick. And then what is it that you do once the once you're emotionally drained? Which I notice happens to a lot of people. Well, it's part of the reason that we always try to talk against anger. It's Here's the thing. Get a little closer to the mic. You have the right to be angry. Yes. You have plenty of things, more than likely, to be angry about. Mm-hmm. But it's not constructive. Uh, every once in a while, people need to vent. People need to blow off some steam and they need to get angry. But here's the thing. That is not a constant state. There's a reason. Here's the thing. And I've brought this up before. Philosophy in general is just trying to remind us of things we forgot how to do. Mm-hmm. Like stoicism. The northern tribes and, and old school. Uh, well, and that's something were, I was going to bring up specifically with stoicism because it goes with apathy. Yes. It's. Basically, Stoicism in the common vernacular, because the philosophy is a tiny bit more complex, but the um, the idea of Stoicism, being Stoic, that is strength. It's like true fury. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before. True oh, fury it's is a pretty not popular post that, that I did on the uh, on our Telegram. It shocked me because a lot of things are like people just ignore it. But but basically, here's the thing: fury is actually silent. That's why, like, it's utter, that's why it's terrifying. If you actually ever witness true fury, it is absolutely terrifying because it's not loud. Well, there's a real the best scene I found in all of fiction to point out what fury is is that one scene from Doctor Who, mm-hmm. the fury of a time lord, where these four aliens had been trying to basically get something, get closer to the mic, get something from him. The entire episode. There we go. And then he finally, they wanted to live forever. So they realized that he had been running away from them, not because he was scared of them, but because he was being kind. Mm -hmm. And then they saw the full fury of the Time Lord and he granted their wish, Mm -hmm. but not in the way they wanted. And here's the thing is, can anger be part of fury or, or even apathy? Yes, actually it can. Um, But it, Fury and apathy is not reliant on it. And just bear with me because if you're you're one of these people that's quickly Googling apathy def- definition, I pulled up a couple things on, on my computer just so I can reference them. The actual definition of apathy, which I understand why most people are like, this can't be good because when you type in apathy definition, what pops up is apathy, lack of interest, enthusiasm, enthusiasm or concern. That is exactly not at all what what it is that we talk about 
So why, why do we talk about apathy? Because if you type in lack of emotion um, or absence of emotion, you will end up getting apathy. Um, oh, I got the wrong page up because there's a psychological, there, there's a way to type it in where it comes up with a psychological um, explanation for it. But what it is, is where the emotion isn't um, required. It can be there or it is not there. But there's a drive, a purpose. And yes, it can get into a bad place because there's, I would argue there's a lot of people that are apathetic to the point where it's detrimental. But the true power of the viciousness, the the uh, savagery, the uh, what was the word that you used? Br- brutality of apathy. Look at factory farming. Those, the, the people that, because I don't know any any heathen, any Hyperborean, really, that can look at these conditions in the factory farms and say, oh, that's wonderful, that's good. But the people that's working there, they don't hate the animals. They're not angry with the animals. They're, they're not, they're, they are completely apathetic. That is why they are able to do the things that they do. Which, by most standards, are monstrous. And there's yes. actually even by my standards, especially yes. for animals, less so for for people, <laughs> more so for animals, is it's that is monstrous, and that is apathy in action. That's why all of society speaks against apathy. Yes, it, like, and that should be a, a huge red flag for people when all of society is saying apathy is bad. Well, and the reason people prefer anger to apathy is because it feels like they're doing something. Mm-hmm. You can't pretend you're doing something if you're apathetic. You can if you're angry. Like, I just spent three hours being angry at this person. but Or I lashed out and I didn't mean it because I'm angry. If you're apathetic and you do a thing, you can't deny that you meant to do the thing. You did it explicitly with purpose. Well, and I'd like to take a... I'm going to use a couple of examples here. One is I want to emphasize that one of the reasons people get so burnt out is the anger burns you out. You cannot run on anger. It is not a good fuel source. And being angry at huge swaths of anything or hating huge swaths of anything is just exhausting. Like, for example, you do not like sharks. Nope. Um, Not even a little bit. Most people, if a shark bit, most people that are kind of sane, they might have like a huge phobia of them afterwards, but if they're, of our people, if a shark tried to eat them, even if it succeeded and got like half a foot or something, they probably would not be calling for the deaths of all sharks. Mm -hmm. In fact, they may even argue the shark was just hungry or it didn't know what I was or it thought I was a beach seal. It was just tasting me. Well, and actually, the the teeth on a shark double as like their fingers, basically, yeah, yeah. which is what they're trying. I don't to, care. I know, I know. I don't want but them to taste me. I don't want them to taste you either. Um, but my point is that. But on the same token, let's say your loved one was being attacked by a shark. You might not personally care about that shark or sharks in general, but now you're taking out a knife and gutting the thing, right? Not because you hated the shark. Not because you hated all sharks. Not because you had a vendetta or a revenge against sharks. In reality, you're apathetic to the shark and its plight. You are sympathetic to your family, to your family member's plight. And so, therefore, because you're apathetic to the the shark's plight, you don't give a crap. You will kill it. You'll maim it and let it go. Make sashimi out of it. Yeah. I I mean, there's all kinds of, of... Things that you're willing to do and let the shark endure simply because you don't care about the shark. That's the apathy that we're talking about. Well, and you can really tell it because if you get the shark to go away, you're not going to chase after it to kill it. Yeah. No, you you accomplished your goal, which is you have stepped into my territory and attacked someone I care about. Now you will pay. But the moment it's out of your problem area, Mm -hmm. it's just a shark. Well, and and there's the, the other thing, too, of... This is still an apathetic approach. The next shark just comes into the area. You're not going to give it a chance, if you if you can help it, to do what the first shark did. And again, you don't hate that shark. You don't hate all sharks. 
as long as the shark stays out of that area, you don't give a shit about sharks. Yes. And, and then, that is the brutality of yeah, apathy. Precisely. It's like um, you might not care about the person walking up and down the street, but the moment they try to steal your purse, now there's a target. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different there. And because Really, it doesn't require anger, anger or hatred, any of these negative emotions. Actually, you're more dangerous if you turn those off. Well, and there's actually a very good example of all the turning off thing. It's all of our revenge stories, because those are fairly common across Europe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of the most famous ones, the Count of Monte Cristo. Um, I'm trying to think of others. There's quite a few others. But basically, it's they accomplish this elaborate revenge plot, not because out of anger, not out of wrath, but because they had a goal and they just went straight for it. They were apathetic to whoever got caught in the way. They weren't angry at them. They didn't hate them. They merely removed them. Like you would remove a bug from your house. Like you would remove a stain from oh, your blanket. Okay. I did have, have the right thing um, for how to get the um, the overview thing on the side where it talks about like psychological responses and whatnot. It is lack of emotion, definition, or thesaurus. And then you get a whole different definition versus if you do apathy definition. Well, and they've re... But it, it, here, here's my point is a lot of people don't... Even in our spheres, they're like anger, 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 anger. Yes, I understand the anger. But apathy is so dangerous that they've divided up the definitions to where you have to look for it under to get the full meaning of it with two different search terms. Well, and they do that a how, lot. Yeah. With but a lot of how words. dangerous is it? Must this thing be that they must disseminate its meaning? Well, and here's the thing is there's four words that everyone treats as synonyms. They all mean something different. Mm-hmm. Mad, anger, fury, rage. Mm-hmm. All four of these are different things entirely. Yes. But they've been conflated. And they can be... They can they can all be angry, but in reality they're not angry because madness, mad. It means ma- it's short for madness, which is insanity isn't the right word either. Madness is madness, but um, can it incorporate anger? Sure, can it can also incorporate joy. It can incorporate sorrow. It can incorporate all of our emotions. It well, is. A madness is an extreme of this emotion. Well, and part of the reason that everyone goes to anger is it feels good. Yeah. Well, it, there's a dopamine hit for for uh, anger. You you same as when you click the thumbs up or the thumbs down or the heart or you get the the uh, the or, little message that your that your message has been hearted or shared a thousand times. Or you binge watch murder mystery show number seven in space. Yes. Uh, uh, there's a dopamine flow from anger, same as there is from joy, same as there is from all of these other emotions. And really, dopamine is a requirement for our life. Yeah. We, we would die without it. Well, it's like... Um... Nicotine. Mm-hmm. Our bodies actually produce nicotine. It's in the ear. That's um, that's why a lot of pierced ears people would will become smokers. But the thing is, is people have become really addicted to dopamine. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's even something for that now. It's called dopamine fasting. Mm-hmm. But like, there are many things that have been vilified in the modern day. Two of them actually can be summed up. In a line from, oddly enough, uh, I think he's kind of liberal comedian, Bo Burnham. Um, Apathy is a tragedy and boredom is a crime. Mm-hmm. That, that's a, that's a, a line from one of his recent specials. It's true. In the modern day, if you are apathetic to something that people think you need to care about and you need to, in fact, be angry about, they will actually start to ostracize you, mm-hmm. uh, socially damage you. And if you're bored, well, it means you're not working hard enough. Yeah. Well, and there, there's just so much. Because 
I've been personally attacked over my whole preaching about apathy. Well, that means that you just don't care. Oh, no, 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 mister. You are wrong. I care so deeply, I must turn it off. I have to crank that valve down because otherwise I will lose my shit. And I'm not angry at the people or the situation that's doing the thing. I am angry that it's happening, period, and especially to our people. So I am angry about the situation. I don't give a fuck who's doing it. It can be one of our people and pull their wings off just like off a fly. Well, I don't care about their about their play. I am apathetic to the person that's doing it, which would, yeah, I don't even have to be swelled with emotion to do the most horrible things. Uh, one, one example of me and apathy. I got into it with, with a guy. I've told you this story before. Got into it with a guy. I broke his hyoid bone. And I warned him that if I ever saw him again, I would break his arm. I'm, I promised I wouldn't beat him up. I wouldn't yell at him. I wouldn't cause him a scene. I would just simply break his arm. A few months go by. He forgot. He decides that he's going to bring some friends and try and pick a fight with me. Without being upset, without any warning, I just reached out and I broke his arm. Just matter of fact. His four buddies immediately decided they didn't want to mess with me because I didn't have to rage out. And his buddies actually managed to walk away free with good for them because they was our people. Yes, our people are stupid too. But it absolutely terrified everybody that was present because I was apathetic. I did it simply because I said I would. I didn't even really want to do it. I was all calm about the situation. But then I remembered, ah, I said I would break his arm, so I had to break his arm. Well, anger is a little like um, it's an adrenaline hit. Mm -hmm. It works, but then you wear out. Apathy is doing something like making a sandwich. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, if you um, there's actually many scenes, someone beats someone up out of anger. Once the fight's over with that one individual, they're spent. Even if there's like minions around them to fight. Yep. Once that anger is satiated, all the energy has gone. Yep. Whereas if they didn't need to rely on that. And I actually blame um, modern fiction, specifically, honestly, anime for this. Okay. Because in anime, anger is a power up. Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, there's a lot of scenes where that anger gets you nowhere. But it's like it opens up this, I don't know, chakra gate second gear. Right. And we're not talking about shutting your anger down and making it. Like the the whole Asian thing of do not let your anger exist and clear your mind. No, 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 no. We have emotions for a reason. But don't dwell in that emotion because it's going to stop you from doing things that matter. Well, it's like you and I have talked about this. Everyone's trying to do things the Asian way and it doesn't work. Yeah. Like meditation. It it would be better to say contemplation. Right. Uh, For hyperboreans. And that's the word that they used to use. I mean, kind of a little bit back and forth, but they would use contemplation more often. At least the translations of the word would more frequently be con- contemplation rather than meditation. Well, and because meditation, I mean, I haven't looked into it enough, so it might actually be a Western word. But in general, we contemplated. Like, how did people see through the veil? They didn't sit and close their eyes and go, completely clear their mind of everything. No, like uh, there's even a tradition for this, uh, sitting out. Mm -hmm. Literally just go out into the woods and sit Mm -hmm. and let your thoughts flow. And that's the key, let your thoughts flow. So for Hyperboreans, it's more contemplation. And, And we have emotions for reasons. We're not talking about shutting them down. What we're talking about is... Don't let them control you. And when you, the manosphere is pushed because the dude actually said, basically, if you don't get angry and stay angry, the, the, the one post that I read, if you don't get angry and stay angry, you are not masculine. What the fuck? Well, and here's my thing is a lot of people treat, um, stoicism mm-hmm. like it's sociopathy. Oh yeah. And it's, it's not, it's not. The thing is, is. What basically stoicism is 
teaching apathy of a sort. Um, it's not that you don't care about the things. It's that you don't let the emotions drag you along. Well, like an example would be like, let's just see- controlling your emotions, not letting your emotions control you. Go ahead. Well, it's controlling yourself in the midst of your emotions. Mm-hmm. You are not ruled by them. Right. They are more information. Wait, that's actually the um, the the actual definition of it is not allowing your emotions to rule you. Well, and that's part of something that my generation, by and large, has lost. Mm-hmm. Because it's actually something that we used to do, period. I mean, it's been bastardized. Um, like the stiff upper lip thing. Mm-hmm. That's not stoicism. People think it's stoicism. It, it started it, off that way and it turned into full on apathy to the point where they ignore what's going on so that they do not become upset. That is not the kind of apathy that, that we're talking that's about. That's not even apathy. That's avoidance at that yeah, point. Yeah, that's avoidance at that point. But it's the um, it's why we talk about apathy and why I well, think it's... Well, avoidance, a, the good, one good way to... to separate this as avoidance is the weak side of apathy apathy actually requires strength when it's exercised correctly avoidance is apathy out of control which is weakness yes and the reason that i think that a lot of this is leaning towards anger is first of all people feel helpless Mm -hmm. here's the thing you're not helpless it might feel that way at times i know it can i know that there are requirements and things but in the end, everything comes down to a choice. We are more limited as an individual than we are as a And we group. always have choice. We might not like the choices, but choices always exist. Yes. And yes, I've been in jail. It was over money, but I was in jail. And I freaked the hell out of the, um, the turnkeys, the guards of the jail, because basically they was letting their, their position, their, their alligator mouth was starting to overrun their canary ass and it was being all arrogant. And I'm like, you don't seem to understand any of us in here. There's nothing that you could do to force us to stay in here because we could fight back. When you come in, there's enough of us in here. We could overwhelm you and walk right out the front door. Yet we don't do it. Well, we would shoot you and that's a choice. We don't, there is nothing that you can do that would force us to stay in here if we didn't allow it. Now, the other choice might be death, but it's a choice. And and simply, it's literally that simple. And once some of these guards actually thought about it, they actually got scared. They're like, oh shit, it's true. You cannot keep somebody locked up that does not want to be there. Somebody that's willing to pay the price to not be locked up anymore. There's fuck all that you can do to force it. Well, it's why a lot of our people, when they're on the run from the cops, will choose death by cop over oh, yeah. going yeah. to prison. That's that's why uh, you can look into FBI, um, not files, statistics. but the statistics. Thank you. And you can see that white people have a tendency not to get these excessive um, prison sentences. But the reason why is because for the same crimes, white people will choose death by cop or suicide or some some kind yeah, death by cop or suicide over getting arrested where the other races they will submit and then they end up going to prison. Because we know that once this certain thing is done and the cops are like, just just surrender. I'm trying to help you. I can help you. So we know that they're lying. Well, it's like Every kid knows this whole, the teacher saying the guilt you're feeling is far worse than any punishment I could hand out is all bullshit. Yeah, we, we know it. And it's just, really, it's just the way that it is. So again, there's always choices. You might not like the choices, but the choices exist. And sometimes you have to remind yourself, I have a choice in this. Anybody that says, I don't have a choice. It's one of two things. Either they're lying or they're just so weak that they don't realize that they have a choice. Like these, these cops enforcing um, these bullshit rules currently in all of our nations. Well, I don't have a choice. I'm just doing my job. 
they know that they have a choice. They're choosing to do what it is that they're doing. Well, we shared it to the Telegram not too long ago. It was a video someone had taken of a police officer. And he was was in Queensland, Australia. Yeah, he's obviously, he's gone in probably on false pretenses. Literally just to basically. Oh, they they weren't called. They was just patrolling and they saw a group. Yeah. You you can tell by their body language. Same as when he first approached the guy and the guy's like, no, I would like you to leave police officer. And the police officer squares up, and they realized he's being filmed by like thirty. Yeah, he was cameras. he was going to fight him. Oh yeah, he was going. He actually start if you watch the video, he actually started his hand forward and then instead placed it on the countertop because he was going to grab the guy. Yeah, and then he realized he had like thirty cameras on him. Yeah, and then he tries to get the guy to self-incriminate himself for twenty minutes. Yes, and then finally they get shooed out by people that are like, and then they started threatening the people. In the area, in the media area. Well, here's the thing is there's, and people have. Oh, and my favorite part was when the cop inadvertently admitted on camera because they're like, you work for us. You're a public servant. You work for the people. You work for the people. And the cop lost his shit a little bit. And he's like, I don't work for you. I work for the state and the district. Yeah. They're not the whole protect and serve thing. They got rid of that. Yeah. Across the board. Yeah, this whole thing. I looked looked for it. I couldn't even find any place in Europe where that is actually still a thing. The thin blue line is just a thin blue chain, and it's not for Mm -hmm. our enemies. It's for us. Because if you look at our old societies, and you don't even have to go that far back, just like early America, Mm -hmm. sheriffs, at best, at most, sheriffs. Most people just had a gun. Yeah. Just had a don't fuck with me stick. Yeah. That's really it. They just... And when deputies were needed, they were deputized on the spot. Yeah, it was, you had your sheriff. He's like, Phil, I trust you. You're my deputy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's even in like uh, Old West, like um, Wyatt Earp as a sheriff or uh, uh, a marshal or whatever he was. And he, well, a de- marshal. Um, he deputized uh, Doc Holliday, at mm-hmm. least in Tombstone. I don't know if he did that in the actual OK Corral shootout. I think he did. But, but there, there's so many accounts of that. Who knows? Well, yeah, it's folklore. It's the nature of things. Mm-hmm. Which, I, just 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 because I want something to brag about, America, we have cowboys. Cowboy folklore. Yes. No, nowhere else really has that. I think there's some in Canada, but it's it's not as good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the um, the point I'm getting at here is, our people are pretty good at managing ourselves. We actually are. You have to get to a ludicrous population and then a huge wealth disparity. Mm -hmm. And this isn't a socialist talking point. This is literally just there is a very big difference when you have people living in uh, luxury penthouses and people that can't even afford the rent of a cardboard box. Mm -hmm. That level of disparity does not indicate a healthy society. This isn't a this is literally just an observation because in a. Well, it kind of comes into what we was talking about um, before we started recording was uh, the cornucopia. It's a symbol of plenty. It isn't even giving the stuff away. It's sharing it. So like um, there was a bunch of people stopped following us before because I was talking about wealth. And then some people realized, oh shit, I'm wealthy. We're not talking about you giving your money away. What we're talking about is sharing it, sharing the money with people that deserve it. So rather than going to Walmart and buying the mass-produced Chinese knife, spend the money on some uh, on a Hyperborean that blacksmiths the knife. Yes, it's going to cost a little bit more, but it's also going to be higher quality and help out the small businessman. If somebody puts out content that you actually appreciate, throw them a couple bucks. Well, and I think that's the thing that people don't understand Share. is, well, and here's the thing, European <coughs> wealth used to be defined not by how much you had, but by how much you could give away. Right. There's a and reason. Give, give away in the modern context is the wrong description. And it's simply because it's the modern context, which is why I changed it to share. Because sharing is very different from giving away. Well, like for instance, like you brought up, but let's say you want to have a more broad impact. Um, I think Milo, Milo Yiannopoulos actually did this. He mm-hmm. started like a little... Tuition. Personally, I'm not a big fan yeah. of. I'm not a big fan of college. I've been to it. It seems like a waste well, of time. Well, I'm for upset most. about who it is that's done this. Oh, the gay Jew. Yeah, the gay Jew. And why hasn't 
a rich white person done the exact same thing. The the um, helping called specifically white males with their books. That's all the 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 thing is for is so that they can get their textbooks. But it's more than what almost any of our people have done. Well, it's like as as um, critical as I am of Jack Donovan at times, I can respect the gay the- Jew man. Well, that's Milanopolis. And then no, I meant the gay Jew man has done more than most people. Than most of our people. Uh, Jack Donovan, gay guy. He's not. He's dating a a Mexican man. Yeah, Let's it go doesn't matter. Anyway. But basically, what I'm getting at here is he's actually built like stone ships. Mm-hmm. He built a shrine to Thor. People can come and leave their he's getting people on him. actually doing things. Yes, he's getting people to do things, and it's sad when there are because I've read books from the Manosphere, right? I've read them from Jack Donovan and I've read them from other people. <coughs> Jack Donovan's books are the best and he's a gay man. That's not a good situation. Yeah. Um, n- not knocking him in that situation. Just why, why is there not competition with this guy? Why is the guys that actually get pussy not writing better masculinity books than the guy that doesn't want pussy? Yeah. It's it's rather disturbing. And then most of the people that try, they get absolutely no aid from the spheres that they're trying to actually help. However, if you say the right things, like stirring up anger, then all of a sudden everybody flocks to your door. That's why they're saying it. They aren't saying it because it's actually good for you. They're saying it because it gets them clicks. It gets people to listen. It gets people to buy their books. Well, it gets rage people- watch. Yeah, it's uh, rage porn. I've said it before. And, and here's the other thing. Dragons. Oh, I just wanted to leave that word there for a sec. But the thing about dragons is they actually, they covet gold, but there's actually some older lore, specifically that dragons are spirits that will show up if there's just a lot of gold hanging around. Mm-hmm. And you see this in like um, the dwarf mines and like the Hobbit books with smog. Or um, I think there's some accounts of, like, Viking kings. They have their burial. There's shit tons of gold in there. Dragon shows up. Mm -hmm. Some people even theorize that the dragon is actually the spirit of the person that died, and the greed makes them a dragon. Sure. But the basic idea being wealth in and of itself and just hoarding it is something mythical. It means nothing. It's something mythical monsters do. Yeah. Kind of like eating people. Eating people, encouraging others to eat people, which yes. is a weird development. That monsters is, do that. Yes. And what we've sort of gotten to as a society, I think, is this situation where we have defined a person's uh, worth by how much money they have. Mm-hmm. Because... If you ever have someone who has a job that people consider crappy, like, I don't know, waste disposal, mm-hmm. the counter is it makes 100K a year or something. Or it, or the person who runs the business is a millionaire. It's always how much money they make. We yes. have switched from being a society that wealth was not the metric by which we measured our success or a person's well, at worth one point, at one to point, actually being that situation. The wealthiest man employed say a hundred families and he lived exactly like his or or barely above what his employees did. And he was considered extremely wealthy versus the guy that had a thousand employees who lived really badly, but he was really rich. Now that's completely reversed. Well, because here's the thing is if you have enough Rockefeller, for instance, a lot of people consider him extremely well in our circles people are more aware of who Rockefeller actually is. But that's what started that trend, as far as I can tell, was the raw amount of money that the person is worth versus the condition of his employees. Well, and part of it, if you think about it, is by and large, throughout much of European history, the richest people were the nobility. They Mm -hmm. had to reinvest their money in the populace. Mm Mm-hmm. But recently, that has completely gone out the window, mm-hmm. both in the politicians who have no loyalty to their people anymore. None whatsoever. Well, they're beholden to the corporations. Oh, yeah. 
and then the corporations where the current wealthy are coming out, they are apathetic to everyone. Yeah, that's and why they can do the things that they do. It. They don't hate you. No, they, they just don't, don't care. give a fuck about you. That's why you. They can have the literal, you know, coffin-shaped box you can go into in Amazon warehouses to basically oh, to get take away. your break. Yes. Yeah. Or um, let me see. What was the the other horrible, horrible thing? Now I'm stuck on coffin-shaped boxes. Um. Oh yeah, the 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 giant. Um, how to put it? The medical test that's currently going on from Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson and Johnson. None of which were FDA approved. One of them, I think, is now, but it they shouldn't are now. Be. But you, do you know why? Because the pharmaceutical company called up and said, "We need you to authorize this." Yeah, it, these uh, things take years of trial to see the results. It's a giant medical test, and they can do it with a clear conscience because they're apathetic. They don't care they don't hate people that's that's too many people for them to hate well it's it's even they're not angry at anybody uh, well it's like um a single death is a tragedy a million deaths is a statistic yes that's exactly what it is there's they're apathetic this is the power of apathy that i'm talking about we don't have i don't want us to be apathetic to our own people i want us to be apathetic to everyone else well it's like Let's say that you are someone who's fairly wealthy. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I, uh, well, Finish your thought. Well, I was just going to say, just as some examples, you, it doesn't have to be us, but like, let's say there's a small shop in town that you like. Actually go in and buy stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't have to give them money. You don't yeah, have don't to walk be, in, just drop 20 bucks because most of them aren't asking that anyways. Or another good thing you could do. And this is something that rich people did for a long time. Find an artist that you actually really like and be their patron. Yeah. Uh, there are many. I just want you. I like the art that you do. I want to make sure that you can continue to do art. Like, that's what the patron was. They didn't. Sometimes they would commission paintings, but typically they just gave the artist money so that they could continue to do art because they're like, I am a patron of the arts and I like the art this guy does. And people used to take pride in that. And they they still do patronages to an extent. Mm-hmm. But. It's just not in style anymore. Well, and my thing is, is I have nothing against wealth. Mm-hmm. You can be as rich as you want to be, especially if you've earned that wealth, like fair and square. Good on you. Congratulations. Yes. But there has been this growth of an attitude. And I do want to get this in as well. The whole thing that has spread of you are not your job is one of the most problematic things that has ever come out. You spend most of your time and devote most of your life to your job. Mm -hmm. It is inevitable that it would be a big part of your identity. Mm -hmm. You were a baker. You were a hunter. You were a woodworker. You were a chef. You were a fisherman. And took pride in it. You were a game warden. Yes, and and often strove to be the very best. People... I mean, there's clothing, culture, sayings, food, customs, all exclusive to these jobs in European history. Well, here's my question, because there's a common theme through the entirety of this conversation. Society says apathy is bad. It's actually starting to preach anger is better than apathy. Um, It's teaching empathy for the other. For the, for the other races, for animals that you will never encounter. Like, they're, feel empathy for this squirrel that lives in the jungles of Venezuela or whatever. But ignore the bears that are in your region. Feel empathy for, the, for this far-removed thing from yourself. Why are we listening to them? Well, why are we allowing people who don't care about us? In fact, in some cases, downright, because I don't doubt that there are some that take pleasure in well, how, how, how many are, are how many heathens do exactly what the church describes heathenry as? It's actually it's a long time problem. Is we are listening to the enemies of the very things we treasure. It is like listening to Tyson meets. On how happy their chickens are. Yes. 
It is like listening to Dairy Queen about the quality of your local well, ice cream shop. How good it is for you to eat ice cream six times a week. Oh, yeah. Or uh, how good it is to go smoke when you're baby. It'll help with your nerves. Right, like you're... Lucky Strike. Or I think yeah. that's... Um, yeah. Is it Expectant... Lucky Strike, Lucky Star? Something like that. It's Expectant Mother's Favorite Cigarettes. Yes. Some of the old ads. My favorite ones was the cocaine lollipop, though. We need to bring those back. <laughs> It'd probably be less addictive well, than it, sugar. Well, and here's the thing is amphetamines, there's a dopamine effect. It's, it gives you the same thing as the, the anger and the, um, the, the happy clicky buttons and whatnot, except for with your cocaine lollipop, you can't sit still. And it, it's a small dosage, so you're going to get up and you're going to go do things. Well, and that's kind of the and thing. And your teeth won't hurt. Well, here's my thing. Because <laughs> it used to be a, a tooth pain uh, medication. Well, and um, most of the things they've legalized, if you think about they're either depressants, mm-hmm. so they keep people calm. Sedentary. Yeah, sedentary and calm, usually. Mm-hmm. You have your angry drunks, but still. But most people will just get drunk, stagger around, fall over. Um, and then you also have caffeine which is actually a stimulant but well what... the way caffeine actually works is it, it is it a stimulant i yeah but the way that it actually works is it just suppresses the tired feeling basically what it is is you're tired let's pretend that's not the case yes and caffeine is i don't have any problem with caffeine but i made an observation years ago our society basically keeps everyone running with caffeine. Yeah. Now, I don't know a single person, unless they have actually forsworn caffeine out of their life, that is not a caffeine addict. Well, and that's like some people will say, well, eight hours of sleep. You don't actually need eight hours of sleep. What you need is quality sleep. Which is hard to come by. It is, which is why we function on caffeine is because uh, light pollution, even if you do the blackout curtains and whatnot... Now you have the opposite effect because if you're living in nature, it's never actually truly dark. No, it's but the light is different from the light pollution that we get from living in in um, modernity. Well, it's even worse now because there's neon signs and uh, LED signs everywhere. Right. So the blackout curtains actually put you in a light deficit. So then again, your quality of sleep is not what it should be. Um, and then there's the background noise, there's all the scents and the smells and the stress of the day and the stress of the upcoming day and the stress of uh, what's going on across the world and the stress of politics and the stress of health and the stress and the stress and the stress. So you're not getting a good quality sleep because you can't actually relax. Well, and my question is to ever, to everyone that does this sort of thing, that is, notice these things because i know i'm not the only one that's noticed that if you take caffeine away everything falls apart Mm -hmm. like screw just taking the electricity away just take the caffeine away and see how well people function yeah i mean we are literally as a society running on caffeine Mm -hmm. yeah i'm there's there's better things but there's things yeah it's it's actually really complex we could talk about it for hours and hours and hours and still not even really delve into this at all. But there, there's, there's, I don't know why people are following what the mainstream is putting forth. Well, it's like, and here's the other thing is there's two mainstreams. If you actually think about Mm -hmm. it, there's the actual mainstream, which is, you know, the, the surface level. Mm-hmm. And then there's the one underneath that, which is what catches a lot of people, which is stuff like the occult. And I don't mean like the actual esoteric occult, which takes a crap ton of work to dig into and is still, in my opinion, right. you're, mostly You're talking nonsense. about the stuff that the universalists explain as the occult. Well, it's like people will tell me the secret meanings of the runes. What secret meanings? You can buy a book or find them on a Google search. You want esoteric meanings? Try to tell me the sacred meanings of the Latin alphabet. That is hard to find. Yes, but it exists. And as far as the the casting of the runes go, 1982 or was it 1985? I looked it up a little while ago. It's literally a game. It was invented by Hasbro. And it didn't exist before that. Well, and the esoteric meaning of the runes didn't show up until the 1930s with fucking Guido. 
Um, was that the 1930s or 1890s? He was born in the 18, late 1800s, but he did his whole thing in like the early 1900s. Okay, but yeah, the the, the it's like oh my goodness, and he, Guido fucking Guido was an admitted monotheist. He was an admitted universalist. What he was doing was he was taking his monotheist universalistic views, and he understood the inherent importance of. Uh, the ethnic faiths, especially the, the European ethnic faiths. Especially the Germanic. Especially the Germanic. And he tried to blend them together seamlessly, which he could not do. Which is how you get the occult. Right. Yes. And, and he admitted he was monotheistic and universalist. Yes. And convinced that he had... And then he wrote his book, which a lot of people... Books. Books, sorry. That a lot of people will, will hang on. Not understanding who the man himself was. Well, it's actually a common or what problem. is the purpose of these books? Nobody looks at that. Well, and here's the thing. Nobody does that because it's too much work. Yeah. Because I'll be honest, I don't look into every author that ever writes a book that I get a hold of. Right. But what I do is I am always... You at least question the information that's coming out of it. Well, the way I put it is when you're researching, you are not have you're not watching a lecture. You are having a debate yes. constantly. While you're reading, you are constantly Argue having a debate. It. Yeah. Well, it's part of questioning because we we're, we talk about conflation of words all the time. Questioning, because I've bring, been bringing up people need to learn the ability to question. But the word question has been conflated with to doubt. So just simply because you doubt something doesn't mean that you're actually questioning it. You have to learn how to question, how to ask the right questions so that you can get the right answers. It's an old cartoon thing. It is that simple. It's an old cartoon thing. Learn to ask the right questions to get the right answers. And then learn how to reason. It's something that we really need to do, but... Even reason has been conflated. I have yet to come up with the good word for it. For, well, it's like common sense with. isn't so common. Yeah, common sense has died. Well, and like in paganism, there's a term that gets thrown around a lot that very few people understand what it means. Archetype. Oh, yeah. Because they, they, they go to the wrong things is what it is. Well, it becomes the trickster archetype, which then becomes all trickster archetypes are the same god. Yeah. That's not what it means at all. Like Wotan, for instance. You can actually see this in a guy who popularized archetypes, Young, if you look yeah. into him. Carl well. Young? Uh, he had, he, got he a was lot, good. He got a lot of good stuff. Uh, he's got some Man. questionable stuff in there that he should be slapped across the nose for. But he's got some really good observations in there. But uh, he actually, because during the time he was, you know, the German youth movement, the folkish yeah. movement and stuff like On that. On the upside, Jung, definitely, he thought he actually thought about what it was that he wrote. Yes. But he actually noticed, and the way he describes it in the Wotan essay, it makes a lot of sense. Basically, what he's describing, arc, the archetype of Wotan. He even says it has elements of like Dionysus and this god and this god, but it's purely Wotan. It's purely German. Mm -hmm. And he actually spoke against both trying to get the Hindu stuff involved and the Eddas. Mm -hmm. He did not argue for using the Icelandic oh, yeah. As sources. As a matter of fact, he was uh, explicitly against it because of the pollution of the stories. Well, not only the pollution, he understood. And I am someone who thinks all Hyperboreans are of the same race. But I understand tribally, we have slightly different mannerisms and right. personality traits. Well, this is basically it. We are the Neanderthal. The Neanderthal was spread out. Um, Neanderthals communicated with other tribes of Neanderthal. And then as technologies was developed, it spread. We, we all developed together. We was already all spread out. We didn't come from a singular tribe in the Caucasus Mountains. We didn't come from a singular tribe... And just north of Rome. No. We came from everywhere that Neanderthal was. Which included parts of America and a good chunk of Asia. Yes. Um, but what I was getting at is he understood that the Wotan phenomenon was a specifically continental Germanic situation. That whatever that archetype was, it was supremely active within the German consciousness, which included the Dutch, the Swiss, the Austrians, you know, all the people that like to pretend they're not German now. Mm -hmm. um, but 
They're German with the little g. Yes. <laughs> but they all basically were having this waking up, this stirring of the gods. And you can see this actually like after effects of the archetype stirring in our pop culture. Like mm-hmm. the the scene with the doctor. The doctor fits a wandering archetype so freaking well, better than some of the mythology we have. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like, uh, what is it, Hermes? Hermes is not actually much of a wanderer. He actually he's a messenger. He goes from point A to point B. But still, most of what we've been talking about is a lot of our people end up doing exactly what our enemies say that we do or that we need to do. Don't be apathetic. You need to care. To care, you must at least be angry. Well, and here's the other thing is people never read like the actual historical stuff. Like if they read the historical reference, the most you're going to get is they'll read Germania. Right. Well, and um, context. Context is very important. That also has to do with what we was just talking about, like with fucking Guido. Um I don't discount like what the priest said about the heathens. What I do is I understand this thing was written by a Christian priest or monk that got the the story. Either he was there or he got it third hand. But he's running it, even if he's trying, really, really trying to be 100% honest and transparent. He still has to run it through his own personal lenses. Well, yeah, like, for instance, we've actually talked about this, the Wicker Man that everyone mm-hmm. thinks was full of human sacrifices. Well, there's two, at minimum of two lenses in anything that's written. Yes. The lens of the person that's writing it and the lens of the person that's reading it. Yes. You look at Burning Man, just to finish my Wicker Man mm-hmm. thought. People get drunk and die in that all the time. Wasn't it like 15 or something last year? Oh, I think so. 15 or 20, 21? Yeah, they just get drunk and wander into the giant burning effigy. Mm-hmm. Fall into it. They're usually by playing around. And then here's the thing is, don't even have to get into that level of similarities between the Burning Man and the Wicker Man. We can go simpler. Thanksgiving. How many homes burn down on Thanksgiving because someone didn't cook the turkey right? Yeah. Because turkey caught fire. Yes. And how many people die from that? Do we count those as sacrifices to Tom Turkey, the turkey god? Yes. Well, and then the same thing happens on Christmas. The same thing happens at New Year's. The same thing happens at Easter. With Christmas, it's usually Christmas lights. And in particular, the tree. So are we sacrificing humans to this tree? Well, it's like one of my favorite things to mock is um, ancient Rome. One of the most common gifts during Saturnalia were what we'd basically call action figures. They were oh, dolls yeah. of heroes and gods. And they try to say this is a... Our um, experts. Experts, academics, scholars, whatever you want to call them. They claim that this is an example of faded human sacrifice. So instead they have statues of people. And my response is, Wow. Every time I got an action figure for Christmas, my parents were secretly hiding their desire to cut me open and spread my entrails around the Christmas tree. Well, this is one of my favorite defenses of these experts. Well, you see, they've gone to college and they've been taught how to think. No, no, no. They've been taught they've what been to think. They've been taught what to think. What we're doing is trying to teach people how to think, which means thinking for yourself. Yes, because there are... Like, actually thinking for yourself. Well, because there are people that will actually understand that you and I know what we're talking about Mm -hmm. and message us constantly. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing is, our goal is that you don't have to do that. Yes. That you can figure it out on your own. Yeah. And to be able to start differentiating between fact and opinion. Like, we will present facts to people. Like, you can act... and, And sources photographic evidence and they will say well that's your opinion what well or that'd be um, like me showing you a rock and saying this is a rock no well that's your opinion well one of my favorite things we did um that happened that was weird was we jokingly said well what if we just you know randomly said um scarecrows are associated with odin because it's always depicted with a couple of crows on it 
Mm-hmm. So we just start saying that that's Odin. And we both denied it because we're like, that's ridiculous. We don't want to spread that kind of misinformation. Yeah. And then we saw it. And then a few days later, while I'm double checking my uh, resources for a scarecrow post, someone actually claims they are associated with Odin. Yeah, they're Odin, Odin totems because of the... What the fuck? No, we shot it down because it's it's nothing. We we made it up because we it was a just joke. trying to make each other laugh. Yeah, and then someone actually did it, and it wasn't because they listened oh. to us because this already existed before we yeah. did that. Yeah. Or another thing that annoys me is like, well, uh, well, yeah, we sh- we shot it down doing it before we even saw it, but these these people actually did it, and then they presented it. As if they knew what the fuck they was talking about. Well, another thing that's really common is um, you look at uh, Sinterklaas and his uh, assistant, Black Pete. Mm-hmm. Um, the immediate go-to that people have is that's Odin and Black Pete is symbolic of his ravens, Hugin and Moonin. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What? How do you get from freaking birds? Well, and the thing is, is anything that we say... You can actually look up and verify. We're not going to do it for you, but you can look it up and verify it. And then some things might sound like opinions, but what they are is observations. So then if you slow your roll, back off, eliminate any bias that you might have, like you might have lingering universalistic bias. You might still be too much into caring what other people think, so then... Oh, well, those aren't actually bad people or those are bad people, even though they're not. But if you can back up, remove any emotion or or bias from it and actually just observe, you will see we are telling you the truth as closely as we can to what's actually going on and what's out there. Well, in these misconceptions, I don't think it's maliciousness. I think it's just people want to be taken seriously. So they I'm end up torn because at a certain point, it's like it has. Is it maliciousness or is it just this mass psychosis? I think honestly, I think some are malicious, and they know damn well what they're doing. Other people, I think, are just foolish. Some people are greedy or envious, because we know a couple people like that too. That they're greedy or greedy and envious of anybody with some kind of audience, any kind of audience, and they want to be viewed as experts and intelligent and people hanging on their words so then they start they'll just go off half cocked and don't actually look into anything and just repeat what other people are saying without verifying anything well that's like or thinking about it well a a long time ago it was like over a year ago now i think um we had uh someone from amir's bruner on uh as a guest Mm -hmm. and we actually just wanted to have a conversation with him we were actually being fairly nice, not even kind, which is what yeah, we, we tell passed him. kind and went all the way into nice. Yes, like uh, he was talking about uh, Woden taking out his eye and putting it in Amir's well, and I actually had a moment where, like, oh wow, cool! A is simple there a question? Is, Undid him. Yeah, I'm like, oh cool! Is there actually a story of Woden doing that? Uh, and then he tries, and then eventually it turns out no, he's just using a story of Odin. And place the Woden name on top of it. Because, you know, entomology. So then I simply asked, okay, let's go with the etymology is correct. Yep. Take it away. What else is there? Just just as a thought exercise, he started to panic. Yes. And just said the etymology is foolproof. Yes. That's when I stopped buying into it at all. Because up around that point was when I was still like, maybe all of these are Odin. Yeah, because you was annoying me with some of the entomological arguments. I'm like, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. I actually started looking into it, and I realized the only reason people think Odin means the furious one is because Wotan means the furious one. And Woden doesn't even mean the furious one because Wode means mad or madness. So if you change the T, which is the fury part, Mm -hmm. and change it to Wode, well, and we now even, have the madness. We've even found different. some words where, because people will say, well, the T and D is interchangeable. We found some words where, no, it actually matters. They aren't actually interchangeable. Ne- neither is the V and the W. Well, that's we like, found words that are currently in use. It matters if you say it with a V or a W. 
Well, it's like, um, what's a good example of this? People act like the TH drops off naturally in words. It doesn't. What it does is it drops off naturally for the other races. TH is actually a fairly important Mm -hmm. sound in the Hyperborean vocabulary. Mm -hmm. We use it a lot. Yes. Well, um, anyways, we're we're right at the end now. So I'm going to wrap this shit up uh, real quick and... Follow our link tree. It's in the description of the channel. No matter where it is that you're listening to us, if it's on Spotify or, or Anchor or Apple or whatever, um, follow our link. You could, We have a Telegram. We have a YouTube channel. We have uh, our website linked up on there, which is wilderhomesproject.life. We have ways that you can help us out financially, ways that you can follow us, ways. Yeah, there's, there's ways and ways and ways. This is the way. Um, so other than that, I'm going to say, don't keep your head down. Don't keep your mouth shut, but do keep your powder dry because shit's getting real, real quick. And I will simply say, stop letting other people define who our people are and start being true to yourself and take back control of your own life. That's the lore keeper out.